Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I want to start today's episode with a little bit of a game. I'm going to name a bunch of restaurants slash food businesses that I've featured on this podcast, and I want you to try and figure out what they have in common. Does that sound fun? Great. So here we go. Veg Edible, Gravy Train, O'Cookio's, and Chef Around the Block. Now, those four might sound like completely separate businesses, and they are, but they hold one thing in common, and that is that they all either currently operate out of or got their starts at Kitchen Council, which is a facility in Council Bluffs, Iowa, that offers startups not only kitchen space and access to state-of-the-art equipment, but also mentoring and community really brings them together. And to tell me more about this awesome place is the managing director Holly Benson. Holly, welcome to the show. Dan, thank you. Thank you for having Kitchen Council. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. And there's a line on Kitchen Council's website, and I think it's, uh, this is kind of your calling card. It's your mission statement. It says, we help startup startup. And that, that sounds so simple, but it like so perfectly encapsulates your mission. For someone who's listening to this for the first time and has never heard of Kitchen Council, what is it and what is your goal? Yeah, well, thanks again for having having me here. Thanks for all that you do. So Kitchen Council, our mission is, as you just stated, to help food startups start up. So we are a nonprofit incubator, um, as you also mentioned, located in Council Bluffs. But I think it's important to note that we do support and help entrepreneurs on both sides of the river. Um, so we essentially started and officially launched in 2018. Um, but, and we can talk about this if you'd like, but you know, the, the work behind Kitchen Council started as far back as 2015, 2016. Um, but we're a nonprofit program that lifts up entrepreneurs in the region that, you know, someone starting a food business often, you know, might be an expert with their craft and feel very comfortable in the kitchen, but they know nothing about starting a food business and all of the business pieces. And it can be daunting and it can be overwhelming. And so, you know, Kitchen Council exists to be essentially a partner and help them in that process so that they can, you know, follow their passion and, and go after what they've longed to do for a long time. I think you bring up a really good point there because I talk to a lot of chefs and restaurant owners and they, 
they talk about when they got their start, especially when they when they started their own thing, their own restaurant, their own pop-up, their own concept, whatever it might be. They knew the food. The food part was not really the issue. It was how much food do I need to order? How do I pay employees? Like, do I have an HR department? Am I the HR department? How how do I know how many paper towels to order for the bathroom? Like, uh, do I need a liquor license? How do I get a liquor license? Like, there are so many things involved with restaurants that have nothing to do with food. Obviously, the food is extremely important, yeah. but so is everything else. How does Kitchen Council provide that mentoring and that support to help these startups realize the things that they don't know? Yeah, that's a great question. So, well, firstly, you know, what I share with people, part of the program, like the most tangible asset of the program is the 3,000 square foot commercial kitchen that we offer. We refer to the businesses working out of Kitchen Council as members. Um, This is their kitchen. This is their facility. So within the program, that's kind of the most tangible piece, right? That kitchen. And that's an important piece of running a food business. Um, But as you just mentioned, the other pieces are all of that mentorship. So um, from a facility standpoint and a business standpoint, we try to keep the overhead down for our members. So a piece of that is, you know, we... um, We take care of things like building insurance, um, trash recycling and compost, um, pest control. We provide some of the paper products required in a facility, aprons, regs. Um, You know, you need to come in and be incorporated and have your EIN and your sales tax numbers. um, And you are the one running your business. But if we can keep some of the facility overhead down for you and run some of those pieces, then you can really focus on the business pieces and the craft. Um, But also an important thing to note is we're bringing in within our networks, mentors and resource uh, providers to work with our members. So I don't necessarily have all of the answers as the managing director, but I'm going to help that member and I'm going to get them talking to the right person that does have the information. There's also a ton of resources that exist out there. So I think just connecting the dots for our members is really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Kitchen Council's website, you guys currently have 16 members Mm -hmm. uh, working out of those kitchens. And that ranges from bakers to chocolatiers to a charcuterie business to to a barbecue company. And these people come from all different walks of life, whether that's a home baker who just outgrew their home kitchen or a food truck or uh, people who sell at farmer's markets and are looking for ways to expand their business. What type of businesses do you find are the best partners or make the best Mm -hmm. members at Kitchen Council? Yeah, that's also a good question. So, well, typically we kind of see the type of entrepreneur breaking down into like three different categories. The first being meal planners. It's kind of the catch-all, the first one. Meal planners, aspiring restaurateurs, caterers, bakers. The second being like anything mobile, right? So mobile, you know, food trucks, trailers, carts. And then the third being CPG, so consumer packaged goods. That's the category we see the least of for some obvious reasons, which I can talk about, but kind of the space that arguably Kitchen Council is the most excited about. So to answer your question, like the good partners are um, – the people who ask for help, right? So kind of get in and they've got their ducks in a row, but they're 
they're asking for help and telling Kitchen Council what they need. Um, those self-starters, right? Like the people who are going to search out the information. It's okay if you come to Kitchen Council and you know nothing about licensing or you know nothing about, um, you know, COGS, your, your, your cost of goods. Um, Kitchen Council can help with that, but you've got to tell us what you need help with. And I'm expecting everyone, you're, you're the business owner, you're wearing all the hats, you're driving things forward, but you need to be, build that really strong team around you in order to be successful. And Kitchen Council wants to be one of those, those partners at the table to help you. You said that you're excited about CPGs and yeah. and one of those companies that operates out of Kitchen Council, Oh Cookie O's, yeah. is just, I'm like over the moon excited for them. Yeah. I see that company just continue to grow and grow and yep. I, I think it's super cool. But what is it that excites you about CPGs specifically? You know, the, from Kitchen Council's standpoint and like the economic development piece of it, that is a space where we see a lot of success stories could come out of the Midwest, specifically the Omaha and Council Bluffs region. Um, it is a space where we could have really good, positive economic impact, but it's also, you know, different from like tech startups. They're always talking about like, what problem are you solving? And I think in the food space, it's not necessarily what problem you're solving, but what sets you apart from other packaged goods what um you know what niche target are you are you targeting right and like what what are you offering to that person's life that's either like interesting to them or they get excited about or maybe um helping with a dietary restriction or i'm a busy working mom right like are there packaged goods out there that like I can grab on my way out the door and I know that I it's like fulfilling some sort of nutritional dream that I have, right? Instead of just filling my body with sugar. So um, Okukio specifically, I love that team, right? Scott and Nicole and, and Vincent. Um, I love the story behind it, right? And she uh, was finding a solution for a dietary need with one of her four sons, right? And like trying to figure out something that is quick and on the go, protein filled and packed and um, delicious, and gluten right? Free. And gluten-free. I'm married to a celiac. My stepdaughter is celiac. Like I know all about cooking and baking uh, without gluten and it's challenging. And so to actually have this thing that's like unique and clever, like I love the name, but it's also delicious and healthy. Oh, and it's like a family owned operation and they're like the best, sweetest humans and such gems to have in the kitchen with our community that it's like, that is what I want. That is what makes me excited. And I think that there's a ton of brands, not just in Kitchen Council, but that are kind of popping up right in in Omaha. I just went into um, Made in Omaha the other day and they've got the whole food section that it's like, whoa, there's stuff that... I haven't even heard about and I get excited about that because we have so many great, neat, exciting, innovative things here. That's the other piece too. It's um, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation within the CPG space. Mm -hmm. Now you just did a great job of doing this with O Cookie O's. I would love for you to bring up one or two other businesses that you are just really proud of and just and not that you're not proud of all the other ones, but just yeah. to highlight one or two of them so people who are listening right now can kind of hear the story and get more of a well-rounded understanding of here are the types of companies that are coming to Kitchen Council and here's how Kitchen Council is helping them overcome 
whatever boundaries were separating them from success mm-hmm. previously. So what are maybe one or two that just pop to the front of your head, like stories that you just think are really cool? Yeah. Um, nibs, right? And yes. so here's my disclaimer, Dan. I Love really, Wendy. as you had said, I... I have so much admiration and respect for all of the Kitchen Council members and what they're doing. So I don't have favorites, um, but Nibs, you know, pops out as uh, Lindy and her business partner, business and life partner, Jeff. They are, um, again, really good humans that, uh, so Lindy has a culinary background, went to Metro Community College. Um, Brian O'Malley over there can't say enough good things about Lindy and what she's doing. And I agree that she is a go-getter. She is a hard worker. I mean, she, they are spending, her and Jeff are spending so many hours in that kitchen and they're producing these beautiful bonbons, right? That are works of art. Yes. So we're in this art space, which I'd love to talk about. I mean, come back to, we're in the Hoff Center where a lot of like art initiatives are happening and we get to represent culinary arts, but Nibs specifically, I mean, you almost don't want to eat that bonbon, right? <laughs> right? Like you just want to like take a photo of it and like cherish it and hold it. it right? yeah. <laughs> and they make other things as well, but really that's like, um, you know, the, the, I don't know, just one of the many amazing things that they do. And so I would say like, keep your eye out for nibs um, and probably expect to see them in more places in the coming, in the coming months and year ahead. Um, I want to call out Barbecue Brothers, previously known as D's Catering. So Dwayne was our number one member. So when we launched in 2018, we were in a previous facility. It was kind of our starter kitchen. And Dwayne was like number one that came in, took a chance on Kitchen Council, really helped us figure out the program, arguably. And so he has since, he's the barbecue company and Um, They have so many wins, but they're still with Kitchen Council. But I have seen over the five years their company just evolve and grow and expand. Um, They now have a food truck. They've won some awards for their ribs recently. Um, Watch out for them this summer. And uh, he finally just, I shouldn't say finally, but has been working for a number of months and even years on his barbecue sauce formula. And so I would keep your eyes open for that because he makes two delicious flavors working on a third. So, you know, look out for Barbecue Brothers Barbecue. Um, the other I want to call out is Bella Bread. So you'll find Bella at, so this coming um, summer, she's going to be at the Exarbon Farmer's Market. She'll be at uh, the Old Market. She is expanding to Des Moines uh, Market every other weekend, I think, and Lincoln. And so she makes delicious gluten-free sourdough bread, right? So during the pandemic, everyone was hearing about sourdough, but it's very rare that you can find a gluten-free sourdough. She's in a number of high V's looking at getting into other grocery stores. So um, one that I'm just really excited for, she's, um, again, just ambitious, going after it, doing it, spending long hours in the kitchen. She'll come in at like 4 a.m. sometimes. I'm certainly not there. So, um, you know, those are just a few. There are so many others that I could talk for hours about. Yeah, you could probably have a great story on everybody yeah. who, who operates out of that kitchen, which I think is so cool. Yeah. I, I want you to have a chance, because you just mentioned it, to touch on the facility that you're in, just that, that art space and that you guys kind of get to be, because culinary is art. Yeah. From both a visual and just a, a taste standpoint, mm-hmm. like it, it engages all the senses. 
how cool is it for you to kind of be like the the culinary artists that mm-hmm. add to this overall art scene that's all around you? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, admittedly, I live in Omaha, but work over in Council Bluffs. And, and I had said, like, we had started in an old restaurant space over by the Mid-America Center. And then, of course, right before the pandemic hit, we uh, had just moved over into this uh beautiful facility. It's the Hoff Family Arts and Culture Center, um, located right over in Council Bluffs. We are co-located with a number of other partners. So uh, PACE is the arts organization that runs the building. So Potawatomi Arts, Culture, and Entertainment. Um, Co-located with Kitchen Council is American Midwest Ballet, Canesville Symphony, Chanticleer Theater. There are artists that have studios on the third floor, the fourth floor. It's a gigantic Uh, art gallery space with revolving exhibits some grant wood pieces are are up there that that never leave the space there is a beautiful 250 seated theater that some of the partners that i just mentioned who do performing arts um, perform out of there is a cafe and a bar space so uh, the hoff center does this thing called fourth friday so you can come in grab a drink catch some food from one of the members who are popping out of the popping up out of the first floor kitchen um, and then have have a walk around see all of the art in the building there's usually live music there's usually a stage performance it is just this like beautiful creation for council bluffs and we're seeing more and more omaha folks head over there so i invite everyone over and um, there's great opportunity for all of our members within that building, right? There's good food or foot traffic. There's events that happen that often need some food and beverage for those events. So um, there's a lot happening within the building that not only provides great opportunity for our members, but is just this gem in the heart of Council Bluffs and the Omaha Council Bluffs region. So if you haven't heard of it, come over visit us and I'm always happy to show you kitchen council give you a tour of the space um it's it's pretty neat and uh again just a gem sounds like a fantastic little yeah. just day trip yeah I shouldn't even call it a trip to go to council bus no That's not a trip. <laughs> so I may or may not have a leaded foot when I drive and it you know from midtown in Omaha takes me all of 13 to 15 minutes to get over. So it's it's quick. It's nothing, yeah. No, yeah. So come over and visit us. There's so many great, you know, arts initiatives that are happening over here. And I hope that we can do some partnering across the river as well. But yeah, it's close. It's not too far at all. Perfect. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. 
And now back to my guest. So I, I really want to get into specifically how Kitchen Council supports startups. And I think yeah. that there are kind of two real strong buckets that you guys provide. And that's the facility mm-hmm. and the program. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the program. Okay. The program. So we've, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but there are just so many things about owning a business that extend beyond being able to cook great food. Mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned, you know, you personally don't necessarily know all those things, but you know, people who know those things and you can hook, uh, hook, hook these startups and the, in these entrepreneurs up with people who can help them. What, what does that look like? What does the mentorship part of Kitchen mm-hmm. Council look like for these young startups? Yeah. So uh, before joining Kitchen Council, a prerequisite is to participate in one of our Food Startup 101. So this is a light workshop event that we do on a quarterly basis. The next one, I'm going to do a plug, will be June 6th. We do that in partnership with the Small Business Development Center. So that's like one example of existing resources that that are out there. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel and do it all, right? We're, we're trying to partner with those, you know, programs that are out there that are lifting up small businesses and helping startups. So first come to that. What I share with people is that it's, that's a bird's eye view into, hey, if you're thinking of starting a food business, these are all of the things that you should be thinking about. Because we want, when someone walks through the kitchen council doors to start on day one, uh, to have all of those things in place and know what's in front of them, right? So from incorporating, like what's the difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC and what's best for a food business? Well, it will depend, right, on your circumstances. Do you have partners? Um, What type of food business? Is it a CPG versus catering? We'll typically guide and advise people that LLC is probably the um, the best way to incorporate. Can you do that yourself versus working with a lawyer, um, if it's a, you know, a more, a simple concept, food concept, then there's a good chance that you can incorporate yourself and file. Um, if it's more complicated, we definitely recommend working with a lawyer. So those are a few examples of like things that we touch on. Incorporation, taxes, uh, licensing is such a big piece, right, for, for, launching a food business that oftentimes someone will come to kitchen council and know nothing about, wait, wait, if I, if I have a tea company, if I have a juice company, I, wait, I can't sell that. I, I already have my product online and I'm selling. Oh, okay. What does that look like? And that's okay. They don't have to be the expert in that space, but we'll help them navigate the various health departments and within the different jurisdictions. So there's local and state and then potentially FDA um, or federally regulated um, requirements that one needs to abide by. So that's another example of we'll help them navigate the health departments. Um, The list goes on, right? Like bookkeeping, uh, accounting, um, distribution, packaging. um, There's so many spaces that one cannot be an expert in. So we'll Uh, either point someone in the right direction or if they're one of our members, we'll get them talking to one of our advisory board members who have, you know, areas of expertise. Um, We'll get them chatting with the SBDC. Um, Nebraska Enterprise Fund is a great resource out there for funding options. It's a revolving loan fund, so it might be a great um, option for someone who wants to go a different direction than using 
a traditional bank loan. So those are just various pieces that we'll sit down with a member and essentially do an interview and find out, okay, what what are their hurdles? What do they need help with? And we'll get them, you know, meeting with the right expert and mentor. To me, I think that is among, if not the most important thing that you guys do, because I think in the pandemic only heightened this because we were all at home and we're looking for new hobbies. A lot of people got really good at cooking or mm-hmm. baking and they were like, hey, I could start some kind of a catering business or I could start selling these things out of my home. And th- there's this idea of, you know, owning a bakery or like I said, starting a catering business or something. And yeah, their food is solid mm-hmm. and they can even make it in large quantities, large enough to to start a business. But it's just, it's knowing all the things behind the business. It's, again, you, it like requires like a business degree or a lawyer you mentioned to understand. Yeah. It's not that these people should know it, but that you are able to give them that knowledge and maybe even before they even start their business, but just say, hey, this is all the stuff that you got to take into account. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're ready for this? Yeah. Is, is this, are you passionate enough about this idea to go through all these other hurdles to get it started. Right. I mean, a simple checklist, right, which will provide um, our members or folks who are or attending that specific event that I mentioned. Um, and it would be amazing to have a, a roadmap, right, for all of those entrepreneurs. And that's a little bit more complicated, right, because it's based on business model, the type of you know, product that you have. And again, there's so many resources out there, but as resource providers, I don't want to say we're failing the entrepreneurs, but there's this valley of death concept, right? Where entrepreneurs are getting lost within all of the resources that exist out there. So if Kitchen Council can be one entity and organization to kind of help them understand what's in front of them and link them to other resource providers, that's a win in itself, but we hope to have that roadmap better documented, you know, in months and years to come. So they feel like they, they being the entrepreneurs, have a true support system out there helping them along each, I don't know, corner of the road, right? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, not to make assumptions, but I would imagine you've developed relationships over the past, for sure, the past five or six years, and you mentioned this has been a concept for even longer than that, but where if you have a certain type of restaurant, startup, concept, whatever it might be, come to you and say, hey, I want to do this, you can provide them with a relationship to say, okay, here's somebody who's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's, you can have a conversation with them and see if you want to do this. Like if somebody wanted to, if somebody is just like an awesome smoker on the weekends, they are mm-hmm. a backyard barbecue warrior, and they come to you and they're like, I want to start a barbecue food truck. You have the ability to say, okay, well, talk to Barbecue Brothers. For sure. They've been through this. They know what it requires. They've been in this for five or six years. Mm-hmm. They will they can show you what their roadmap is, what some of their missteps were, what some of the things that they did that set themselves up for success. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I correct in that, that you built those relationships so you can kind of create a direct relationship between people? Yeah, for sure. So... I think the way we've set up the program and the facility, it's by design to create community, right? But our community is only as good as our members. And what I'm getting at is I see on a daily basis within our membership base, 
members sharing best practices with other members, right? And saying like, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. Last week, we actually held two member town halls, just an opportunity for our members to get together and kind of go through like their wins, right? And their celebrations, but also go through like, I'm having a hard time with this or I need more resources around this or, hey guys and gals, what's worked for you, you know, within this space. And it's a great knowledge share, right? Where members can share with others. But I see that in this organic way, just as I'm sitting in my office and not trying to eavesdrop, I literally don't have a door on my my little vaulted kitchen office, but just hearing those genuine conversations of support or here's some resources or who's here's a distributor that I worked with. And then to your point, I don't think there is one member in our kitchen that if a prospective member was coming in or an entrepreneur who doesn't plan to work at a kitchen council but needs some help, that there is one member that that would say, no, I don't have time. I can't talk to that person. I'm not willing to share, you know, more about my journey. So I think you probably see this. You're part of the food community here in the greater Council Bluffs, Omaha region, but people are so supportive. Like food businesses are so supportive of of other food businesses. And, you know, we're a pretty small community. Omaha and Council Boss is not that big, right? And I think this is far too small of a market to be trying to take down your quote-unquote competitors, right? We're a stronger community with everyone lifting one another up. And, and you see that within the Kitchen Council walls. And that's like one of the, my opinion, biggest perks and benefits of the program is the community. You are literally going to be standing, you know, six feet away from your neighbor who's either doing similar or very different things than you, you're going to learn from one another. And what I share with members and prospective members, you don't have to become best of friends with your neighbor, but you better be okay with saying hello and goodbye and, hey, can I use the dishwasher and, oh, corner, hot corner. It's almost as if the members, while independent businesses are like one team back of house that are sharing equipment and resources and so someone comes to us and says you know I don't really like working around other people well that's okay but kitchen council is not going to be the right space for you so let's find something else that that works better for you Mm -hmm. yeah I I I mean there are so many examples of what you just said it's going to kill me because I can't remember who it was but you had an Instagram post from a while back that showed Stacy from Veg Edible sitting at a table with another um another startup owner and they were comparing like social media strategies yeah. or yeah. I know from having uh, the owners of O cookie O's on when they first came in, they, they had some trouble with the ovens, but they were able to talk to other people in there that were like, yeah. Hey, we're used to using these ovens. You know, this is different than what you'd find in a home kitchen, but mm-hmm. here, here's how we can set you up for success. Just seeing that collaboration just has to be so rewarding for yeah. you to see these people who normally would never probably interact and might struggle on their own, but they can come together and have mutual success. For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, seeing all of the different backgrounds of the entrepreneurs and members, like every, I know you're big into storytelling and sharing. And I think it's such a powerful tool behind each business and product. And so that's important to me is knowing like, who is the human behind this, right? But there's there is so much helping and curb cakes might have a culinary background. You know, Dan Benigno, a chef around the block, might be in the industry for 
25 years, but there's no judgment on that person walking through the door that has never set foot in a commercial kitchen, but makes a really darn good cookie, right? And so you find so many different backgrounds. And regardless of that, you know, I'm someone who I'm like, be humble, leave your ego at the door. We're all learning something and let's help each other. And again, that community piece is so crucial. And even if you don't work at a kitchen council, go find yourself a community, right? I mean, it's right here, but go find yourself a team that can surround you and that might be smarter than you and can help you with certain pieces that you don't know about, right? I think that's just a really important piece for success. Now, if somebody's listened to this and they're thinking of, you know, maybe they're thinking about having a startup or expanding Mm -hmm. and they just heard, hey, that that food startup 101 on June 6th, that sounds interesting. Can anyone go to that or how do people have to register? How does that work? Yeah. So we'll start promoting it likely next week. Um, So I would say first, you know, if you don't follow us on Facebook or Instagram, we always post, you know, upcoming events there and how you can register most of our events are free. We ask that people do register just so we know who you are and, and that you're joining us. Um, it's typically like a two-hour light workshop, right, So for that specific event. So it's held at the Hof Center right underneath our kitchen, um, kind of in an educational space. We'll give you a tour after. We'll kind of run through the content. Um, so, yes, anyone can join us. Anyone is welcomed. We always have some food and beverage. We're a, you know, nice crowd and it's, you're going to be sitting next to other entrepreneurs that have either soft launched or have a concept that they're kind of tossing around. And so you're going to meet people and you're going to hopefully walk away with some nugget of knowledge that you weren't aware of prior to entering those doors. All right. I think we did a great job covering the program. Yeah. Let's get into the facility and talk a little bit about the space that you guys provide. It's 3000 square feet of kitchen space and you guys have all kinds of specialized equipment. You've got deep fryers, combo ovens, blast chillers, uh, steam jacketed kettles and tilt skillets, which I don't even know what those things are, but they sound really impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, just what is it that sets Kitchen Council apart from other commercial kitchens in your mind? Uh, good questions. You know, I would say uh, it's the floor plan and the equipment when we moved in 2020 uh, to this new, brand new facility that was uh, had just newly been built out. Like everything was new. And I'm a sucker for historic buildings that have been you know, renovated and brought back to life. So it's this, you know, 3,000 square foot of open floored kitchen where you see the production tables. There's a couple lines. We have a walk-in cooler, a walk-in freezer, a dry storage area, you know, a dish pit. We've got all of the things that most people are asking for. Storage is always a big piece, especially for finished product. Um, and we have a lot of duplicate pieces of equipment. So I heard Okokio's mentioned, you know, that there's 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 not often competition for use of equipment. I think what's unique is that we're open 24-7. I am not at the kitchen 24-7. Our team's not at the kitchen. And so there is a ton of liability and trust amongst the members, right? That if you're going in at 2 a.m. and you have equipment on, well, you're shutting that off when you leave. You're shutting down the kitchen, so it's in a good state for that next member who's essentially coming in and opening the kitchen. So I think that's one unique thing is flexibility and access to the space. 
Um, we don't have a set schedule. We have two different membership tiers that you can sign on at. One is a nights and weekends option. So oftentimes people might start there and graduate up to the 24-7 level. But, you know, it's 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, all day Saturday and Sunday. You'll always have a, split, a space to produce at. You get some storage with the membership. All of that overhead we cover. Um, and then there's the option that's the 24-7 option. You can come and go, literally, as it sounds, 24-7 for just $100 more. Um, so I think flexibility, access to the kitchen, that floor plan where it's very open so you're working alongside your neighbors, sharing the space, sharing equipment, duplicate pieces of equipment. And I think what's really unique is what we discussed before is that we're co-located with all of this other, you know, that building is always activated. There's always really neat things happening in the building. So you're going to get some visibility by working over at the Hof Center. You're going to get some potential for events and catering needs kind of knocking at your virtual door. Um, so I would say those are kinds of, th those are facility wise, probably top of mind, what makes us unique next to some of our, you know, other friends in the same space. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some really great and very successful cottage bakers in Omaha and, and people who run small businesses even out of their homes, which sounds impossible to me, but somehow they make it happen and more power to them. At what point would you recommend someone graduate from that level to, hey, our, my business is really growing. I should invest in a commercial kitchen, whether that's kitchen council or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. It's a good question. So, um, home bakeries are a great place to start. I think the important thing to note is that you cannot likely on both sides of the river operate out of your home if you're making any time temperature controlled products, right? So like if you've got a cheesecake, you shouldn't be making that out of your home and selling. If you're making it out of your home and you're giving it away to family and friends to, you know, get some feedback, that's a great way to start. So, um, so just, I think, know that, that if you're thinking about starting a home bakery, that there are still regulations around that. Uh, to answer your question, I think when someone has ran financial worksheets, right, so they know their inputs, they know their outputs, they're churning a bit of a profit, they've got a good customer base, I think those are, you know, kind of great signals of, okay, I'm ready to move into a commercial space. I always suggest moving into a commercial space is the next great step, right, to truly legitimize your business and kind of take it to the next level. Kitchen Council is then a stepping stone for the next thing, right? So someone moving into a brick and mortar or someone with a CPG that either grows and scales so big that they grow out of Kitchen Council and either need to get their own production facility, which is cha-ching, very expensive, or... Uh, you know, find a co-man that they can work with to produce. So I think um, getting a following, having a customer base, making sure that you're able to pay yourself, running those financial worksheets, making sure that you're financially healthy so that when you are in that commercial space and your rent is going out, you're ready to pull the trigger and, and you know, get your product into your wholesale partner venues, get your product into the consumers so that you're seeing some money come through. I love it. All right. I want to get into the history of kitchen council yeah. a little bit. Just where did the idea come from and how did it get off the ground? 
Yes. So it was before my time. So I cannot take credit for the brainchild. Um, but, you know, like I said, back in late 2015, 2016 is when the idea came to life. And it kind of started between IOS Foundation, which I have to do a plug there. They're, you know, one of our biggest funders and are doing amazing things over, you know, in the full region, but in Council of Bluffs. And uh, they often partner with entities on, you know, the Omaha side of the river. And so they and the Omaha Chamber kind of came up with the concept. And so the way the story goes and how I've heard it is, you know, they were they were looking at incubation, right? And when you hear incubation with startups, you think of tech naturally. And there were already great things in motion with tech startups and the startup collaborative at the time. So they started looking at other industries and obviously food. I mean, food around. So I landed in Omaha from California in 2015 and I was blown away at all of the amazing things happening around that time. Uh, But looking back then, you know, there were restaurants that were gaining national attention. There were farmers markets that had been around for a while, but they were becoming a destination and people wanted to go to the farmers market on the weekend. There were prominent food businesses right in the region. There were producers um, producing amazing, uh, you know, resources on both sides of the river, right in our backyard. There was this food movement that was happening. And so naturally, shared kitchens have been around forever, but the idea of food incubation was popping up more on the coast, but we are seeing less of food acceleration incubation in the Midwest. So they started, they being Omaha Chamber and uh, IOS Foundation, brought in some additional partners Council Bus Chamber, Iowa Economic Development Authority, and Conagra were some other players at the table. They started studying the concept and um, the model and found a concept on the East Coast that they were very interested in, contracted with them to learn more, brought some of that knowledge back to the Midwest and started the process, right, of putting that brainchild on paper, finding some funding for it. Um, I came in at the end of 2017 to bring all of that crucial work to life and kind of bring that brainchild to life. So again, officially launched in early 2018. So you can see it takes a while, right? And and worth mentioning, there were other things that were happening. You know, um, No More Empty Pots is an amazing organization doing you know, amazing things in the food ecosystem in the region. And they were around that time kind of working on their food hub. And, you know, you've got Metro Community College right here and Iowa Western Community College that have phenomenal culinary programs. I mean, there was just so much happening. And so, you know, we were one of many things coming to fruition in life that, you know, five years later really are, are um, you know, creating that food resource provider ecosystem that exists today. Does that answer your question? That answered my okay. question extremely well. <laughs> okay. I have like eight <laughs> questions I want to ask off of that. Trying to choose which is the best is going to be difficult here. Um, you know, just like I talk to anyone about when they open a restaurant, like what are some of the things that you learned in those opening months that were so important that like now they seem like, well, duh, we should have been doing it that way. Yeah. But you just, you don't know until you, until you start doing it. Yeah. What were some things early on at Kitchen Council where 
they were maybe some early stepping stones and some lessons that you had to learn that now they've helped make it just a better a better incubator than you ever could have even imagined originally. Yeah. So I think from like the program and facility standpoint, because you're right, like what I tell members is many ways kitchen council still feels like a startup that we're learning along the way with our members, right? And so looking back, I mean, uh, so I think my predecessors had this great vision, right? But like until you start putting things to paper, do you realize like, oh, you know, regulations piece, even kitchen council really had to build a strong relationship with Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals because we were one of the first in the state of Iowa to set up an incubator that was, you know, it was looking to have 20 plus businesses operating out of the space, looking to have open storage. There's a lot of like food safety considerations with something like that. Setting something up like this was, you know, a feat to take on. So I think the regulations piece, could I go back? And and I had to learn so much and build really strong relationships there. And, um, you know, that was a space that my predecessors weren't experts in. They can't be. So that was a, a, a thing that we kind of needed to, to figure out. Um, the facility-wise, again, we started in a, a starter kitchen, and I'm so grateful for that space, but it was um, – a dark restaurant kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're at now, there is natural light coming through. There are windows. Um, We bought a lot of the equipment from uh, in a restaurant that shut down in the area at the time. And we brought on pieces that I realized was uh, not the greatest investment. And we ended up not using because it was going to cost more to rehab uh, that piece of equipment than just buy outright new. So I mean, those are a few just like, oh, getting an incubator off the ground is uh, no small task. But I think what's most important for like other markets that would be looking to do this is have many players at the table, um, be collecting information, know your market and know what the needs and demands are. Because I think oftentimes someone might set up an incubator for CPGs when really the demand is for catering, right? And so that will dictate what kind of equipment you have or the facility layout. So I don't know that I'm perfectly answering your question, but there's like a laundry list of things that we could have done differently. Um, but we learned along the way and have figured it out and, um, you know, are still growing and evolving, certainly. Mm-hmm. One huge step of growth occurred last June, and that was when celebrity chef uh, David Burke visited the facility and three of your members got a chance to I'm using air quotes here Mm -hmm. compete for his they created dishes for him and he chose his favorite yeah how did that opportunity come I mean this is a guy who owns all kinds of restaurants he's on tv like David Berg is very very well known in the restaurant space yeah how did you get him in your facility it was a little serendipitous and a little bit of luck. Uh, As is everything good <laughs> in life, right? Yes. So uh, Chef Burke was in town for a different event that was happening at the Hoff Center. And so rumor has it, uh, our friend Todd Simon of a little company called Omaha Steaks uh, was involved in the event and is a Kitchen Council you know, supporter in terms of Uh, knowing the work that we're doing and kind of getting behind the concept. And so word has it, you know, he was like, hey, 
Chef Burke's going to be in the building. He's got to do something with Kitchen Council. And so we uh, hopped on that opportunity and, you know, within a week's time, uh, put together kind of a, a fun little concept or event of our own. Got a couple competitors and guinea pigs to uh, be part of the process and um, brought in a phenomenal uh, photographer here in town. His name's Daniel Muller and really does some beautiful photography and his food photography is great. So we got some fantastic images out of it, but it was this really like intimate experience, right? We didn't open it up to the public. Um, we kind of uh, relied on those beautiful photos to kind of help tell the story. But uh, Chef Burke was so gracious with his time. I think we were supposed to have like 20 minutes with him. He spent an hour with us. He was at each table really talking and speaking with each entrepreneur, knowing, you know, and learning about them and their business, but also, you know, that beautiful food that was sitting in front of him and the questions and the dialogue and seeing the entrepreneur show up and be so confident in standing there sharing what they had just created. It was just this like beautiful day in, in the kitchen. And that is a great example of something that I would love to do more of. And I tried each of those plates and they were all phenomenal, but how, how interesting that, you know, the meat guy, right? Chef Burke does some interesting meat concepts uh, known, you know, known for, you know, serving something partially alive on a plate to his patron. And he picks, you know, the vegan gluten-free chef and, and her options. So that was kind of a a fun little surprise. What was that like for you? Because I'm sure there's like, there's a feeling of honor that like, hey, this, this celebrity chef is in my kitchen, like he's giving us time. That's awesome. There's also got to be like a level of intimidation too. It's like, this guy has walked through thousands of kitchens in his life. And now he's coming through and he's undoubtedly, you know, taking in everything that he's seeing and making judgments about this. Like, just what was that day like for you personally? Well, I wanted to make sure that kitchen was really clean. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Um, But, you know, I think you have to remember that, like, we, we talked about this, like, egos need to be left at the door, even for chef David Burke. Right. And he was really, like I said, he was gracious and he was very approachable and you can tell he's kind of like a quirky zany guy. Um, but you know, he's a human. And as we're talking, you know, with each other, as we were going up the elevator and I was taking him to kitchen council, we were talking about like his pool renovations. Like he's a human, (laughs) right? Like, and so I try to like not get, while I respect like the level that, these individuals are at certainly you have to remember that they're a human and they started small somewhere as well and he even talked about his journey you know with with the entrepreneurs and so for me it was like you know he's just a guy that started out somewhere as well and um I do have to say we bonded over I just really have worn enjoyed wearing clogs for years and I made sure to wear my red clogs that day and and he complimented them and he was wearing his black clogs. So we really kind of like bonded over the kitchen clog uh, uh, fashion sense, so to speak. But he was really nice and um, it it was a fun opportunity. As we wrap up here, I've I've got 
I think what it, I just I can't wait to hear your answer to this question. Yeah, we've done some talking about kitchen councils past. We've done a lot of talking about the present. I want to end talking about the future. Yeah, when you look at the next five, ten years, whatever it may be for kitchen council, it's grown so much in such a short amount of time, and just you know the five or six years it's been open. What what do you see as the future? Great question, Dan. Um, you know, we talked about this, but I think the future of CPGs and successful CPGs coming out of the Midwest and ones that stand apart from this sometimes, you know, saturated uh, industry. So I think um, innovative CPGs that come out of the Midwest that, again, are either solving problems or, you know, providing unique value propositions to uh, people in need out there. So I think the CPG space and the potential for innovation there is something that, again, Kitchen Council is really excited about. So while we'll continue supporting entrepreneurs in all three of those categories, uh, we're excited about what what we can do and see in in that space. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting trends, right, coming out in, in food and agriculture and where we are positioned proximity geographically in the country. I think there's a lot of opportunity, right, for like food tech and, um, you know, other, again, products that are solving problems, dietary restrictions, allergens. That's a huge, a huge space. So um, I'm excited to see like what happens in the space of innovation. I think um, for Kitchen Council, we're excited to grow the program and continue seeing, you know, new members come in. But with that, we need to better define what success looks like, right, for for our members, for future members, and how can we be more hands-on, um, you know, with, with their journeys. So, each year we help upwards of 150 either entrepreneurs or prospective entrepreneurs, but then we have our resident members. So we're touching a lot of entrepreneurs in the region, but again, making sure that they feel lifted up and supported. Um, I would say, you know, the other piece is, uh, so in the CPG space, there's often specialty equipment, right? That that is necessary for production and scale. And so, you know, maybe down the road, we're able to, my dream would be maybe have a second facility where we can be, act as a co-man for some of those those entrepreneurs and CPGs. Lastly, a fund, right? Like money, money is so hard to come by, cash flow for these entrepreneurs that are sometimes moonlighting as, you know, a food entrepreneur and they've got a day job. So, can we somehow help with that funding piece moving down the road um, and offer some assistance with, you know, cash flow and, and the funding space? That's a lot of exciting stuff to look yeah. forward to. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, one thing, too, that I didn't mention before that I feel like I would be remiss not to mention is we are still, while we spun out of the Omaha chamber, we are now under the umbrella of Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation. And while they're an economic development arm within Pottawatomie County, they have some amazing entrepreneurial resources. And again, they'll assist, you know, entrepreneurs on each side of the river. So I just want folks to know that there are resources out there and Kitchen Council is one small piece of that, but I'm excited to see kind of where entrepreneurial development and resources go and I'm excited about it. I think that there's a lot there. 
Right. There are a lot of reasons for you to be excited. Yeah. And yeah, as we wrap up here, I, you know, just a couple things, listeners, that I'd encourage you to do. Uh, like Holly mentioned, go over to the Hoff Family Arts and Culture Center. You can make a day of it. Like, yeah, you can tour the kitchen. You can have some great food. You can also listen to music. You can see art exhibits. You might be able to catch a play if there's one that, like, there's all kinds of stuff to do. That sounds like a great time. I'm going to be doing that. I would also encourage you to go to kitchencouncil.org. You can check out all the stuff that we've been talking about. And you can also see some of the brands that are, and some of the members, excuse me, that are, that are operating out of the kitchen. These are people that need your support. Like not that all restaurants don't need your support. All restaurants do, but these are the ones who are just getting off the ground and they, they might need those sales. And they also just might need the encouragement that somebody mm. wants to buy their product, that somebody loves it. Like, like an O cookie O's. Like I never had heard of that before mm. probably three months ago. And now there's constantly some in our pantry. And if there's not, then my wife is like, <laughs> what's going on? Why are you not going to Wolner's and getting more? So th- those are just a couple things I would encourage listeners to do. And, and Holly, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you do. I mean, O cookie O's and veg edible are just a couple examples of places that I truly adore that would not be where they are right now if not for kitchen council and and some of the work that you have put in to get them there. So thank you for that. And just thank you for coming on the show and and giving us some time today. Well, thanks, Dan. And vice versa to you. We've never met in person until today, but I remember seeing you behind, uh, it was a dandelion pop-up and you Uh. were like, back there schlepping food and I'm just like there's that guy that's everywhere he's like truly in right in the community and so you know because of people like you you're giving some of those businesses a platform and spreading the good word so thank you to you for continuing to share those stories Thank you, Holly. It's it's all collaborative. We we it work is. together to make this food Absolutely. community something special. And you're a part of that too, diners, because none of this exists without you. So Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.